good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for this week in our playbook series. And it's been a lot of fun over these past few weeks, but I think today might be my favorite one yet. Would y'all thank Megan? Didn't she do a great job? She's, such, she's one of the incredible principles in our community that we're glad to call friends. So I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and take your Bibles. Turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to camp out today. Uh, it's, a, it's a great story that you may be familiar with. You may have heard before. You may have heard it at North Star before, but I think it's something that God wants us to know. To playbook, let's, let's go back a little bit. Playbook I remember hearing the story of the great Vince Lombardi when they would begin training camp with the Green Bay Packers, and this legendary head coach would hold up a football at the beginning of practice, and he would say, gentlemen, this is a football, and they would begin from there, because sometimes we have to go back to the basics to remember why we do what we do. One of the basics of North Star, I want you to write this little phrase down, right? And then we're going we're gonna to talk about it a little bit, is it's not about us. That's the phrase. It's not about us. It's just not about us. The day you meet Jesus, your life isn't about you anymore. It's about others, right? It's about people that are outside, people that are outside you. They're, it's not about you. Life tells us it's about you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you it is not about you. It is about others and so for years here at North Star, for 25 years, we've been playing away games, meaning we understand it's not what happens in, in the walls of Compass or sitting on the patio or sitting in True North or watching online. It's about so much more than there is a life way outside. So while we meet on Sundays, it is a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. It's a great thing. And we want it to be awesome and a great experience. And we want you to be looking at your watch going, I can't believe the service is already over, not going, I think my watch stopped, all right? We've been here eight hours, so we want that to be a great experience, but it really is about what happens outside these walls. Today, I want you to watch the story of two North Star people, just like you, that put on their away jersey, and they went out, stretched themselves, and reminded themselves of really what it's all about. Check out the story, would you? I remember when I was sitting in the service and they played the video showing that we were doing an international trip again. I was so excited. Um, it's one of those things that God taught me years ago to put my yes on the table, but that shows what a God thing it is because he showed me that he can use anyone. We read scripture. I know that that David was out with the in the field with the sheep and God said, come on in, I'm gonna make you king. And we know Elisha was behind the oxen just doing mundane things, but I always felt like anytime somebody mentioned missions, it's like, not for me. I'm not, I'm not the one that, that needs to go. It was, I'm an introvert. I, I don't like talking to people. I don't know how to be social. It's like, I'm a school janitor. I don't have the funds to go. I have no skills to go. I mean, unless I'm gonna go clean a toilet, I don't know what to do. And, and God just told me like, you're the one I want. My experience was a little differently because I really did not feel called uh, into missions, but my wife was very called, and she she more or less put my yes on the table, <laughs> which I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit leading her to put my her, my yes on the table for me, um, and I just 
uh, know how I'm so, I've been so blessed through through answering that yes and through follow, uh, following through with it. It's just such a blessing when you go and you say, Lord, I know this is not an obstacle. This is we we put our yes on the table. We are giving it our all. We're not complaining. We know that your hand is in this. And when you, when you start to do that, regardless if you speak the language, regardless if you know the culture, when you are giving and serving under his love and under his provision, and you feel like you want to just provide that for others who are less fortunate than you, whether it's meeting their physical needs or their spiritual needs, you know, through the, through the serving and the love of the Holy Spirit. And then you feel... I haven't done anything for them. You feel like the life changes happen more for you. I remember my experience. I went to India with my brother. Certainly was not ready to go, and it changed my life. I really, you know, came back and talked to Mike about changing my job because I was the children's director, and I ended up going into missions because I loved it so much. I went in thinking I have nothing to offer, but God's like, I have something to offer you and realize that it doesn't matter if, if I didn't have skills or whatever, like there was an appointment, like this trip we just went on, there was an appointment for me to meet the school principal. Even though I couldn't speak her language, we, we spoke enough that I, I got to know a little bit about her um, and then was able to invite her to church. She doesn't go to church. I was able to to give her a Bible and when I did she just wept and was grateful and I thought that's my moment that's I may not can do I can't teach them you know and there's a lot I can't do electrical work but I can be there to that's whatever right. whatever's needed and for me I know the moment was to meet that principal to get her connected with the people more deeply at the church to say hey these can be your people one thing that's cool is that you get a group of people together and you don't even sometimes know their skills, but they when they start telling you their skills, you think, oh, we could use that skill to do this or we could use another skill to do that. You know, everybody can do something on a mission trip. There's nothing that, I always say, we can use all your skills because sometimes it's just loving a baby. One time, a guy just did breathing treatments as a child and he he knew how to put a breathing machine on this little baby who was about who was, I looked near death to me and he said now I know what my mission was on this trip because it was to help this baby we are his hands and feet we are called to be salt and light and when you are there and you're giving that um, you know, service to whoever, whatever you're doing, um, that's what we're called to do, you know, to be his hands and feet and salt and light to others. Would you guys thank Ken and Lisa and Marsha? Wasn't that good? Lisa made a statement. It was really interesting. She said, I was there for an appointment. I went for an appointment. It really wasn't about me. I went there to meet somebody. Do you believe that in everyday life that there are times that God sets up divine appointments for you? If God really has a plan, all right, let me ask a yes or no question. Do you believe that God loves people, yes or no? Yes. Okay, good. If you don't, I don't really know what to tell you. But anyway, so God loves people, right? Scripture, for God so loved the world. John 3, 16, we know that. God loves people. 
Do you believe, yes or no, that God wants people to find their way home to him? Yes or no? Yes. Well, if he loves people and he wants people to find their way home to him, this is, this is where you and I get in the story. Do you believe that sometimes God sets up divine appointments for us? Yes or no? Usually when they're least, you least expect it. Today we're going to read a story we have read more than any other passage of Scripture since we started North Star. And we read it because it's in the playbook. We read it because if there's any story I want us as a church to get, it's this story. Because the longer you exist, the easier it is to forget why we exist and why we do what we do. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? Luke chapter 10, we're going to start reading in verse number 30. If at any point I'm saying something you're not reading, just look up and we'll dialogue about it, then dive back in. Here we go, Luke 10, verse 30. So let me tell you what's happened. A guy, a, a guy's come up to Jesus and he said, he's wanting to prove himself, right question, wrong motives about how you inherit the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, love the, and Jesus asked him, and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the guy said, well, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus tells this story. It is a parable to illustrate a truth that he wants you and I to get. Luke 10, verse 30, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. So Jerusalem sat up high, Jericho sat low. It was a 3,600-foot altitude drop from Jerusalem to Jericho, the road 17 miles long. This man was on the way from the city out to Jericho. Look at what happened. And he was attacked by bandits. Now, Nobody who heard the story was surprised by this. Nobody who heard the story was like, oh my gosh, that's such a safe area. I can't believe that would actually happen. They all knew it would happen. That road was called the Red Way or the Bloody Way, and it wasn't, it wasn't safe. So this guy is attacked. It was very desolate in parts, and guys, bandits would run out of the woods, and they would rob you, they would steal from you, and then they would leave you. And that's exactly what happened in the story. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up, and they left him half dead beside the road. He was what kind of man? He was a Jewish man. It's a very important part of the story. This guy was like the listeners, all right, they're all Jews who were hearing Jesus tell the story. And this man is laying beside the road. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up, and they left him half dead. Now, great, great part of the story, there's a divine appointment coming. Look, by chance, a who came along? What's it say? A priest. All right. We know that most of the priests, they'd gone up to Jerusalem to do their duties, and they're on the way home. This is great. He's going to be an answer to the story. The priest knows what to do. The priest is trained. The priest is prepared. He knows how to take care of this guy. A priest came by by chance, and when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road, and he passed him by. So, yes or no? Did the priest do what he knew how to do? Yes or no? No. 
He did not enact what he knew. He was off duty. He was leaving the temple. He was headed home. Monday night football was on. He was trying to get home to catch the game, and he's heading down the road. He sees the guy, and he goes by on the other side of the road. Well, the good thing is, verse 32, a temple assistant walked over. He saw him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. So the temple assistant, a Levite, was the two. So he's sort of the quarterback on the sidelines with the clipboard. He's got his chance to step up. He doesn't step up. He passes by on the other side of the road. And every listener to the story is like, all right, this is not ending up good, and it's not going good for our people. Then Jesus throws a dagger in verse 33, a dagger, because there's about to be a hero, and it ain't who we thought it was, verse 33, then a despised, what's the next word? Here's what we know about Samaritans. They are not full breed of anything. They are a half breed is the way they were looked at back in the day. They're uneducated. They don't live in Jerusalem. They don't worship the same God. They don't know the same stories. They don't go to the same places. In fact, here's what a Jew would do. A Jew would walk, if they were going point A to point B, they would walk all the way around Samaria without going through Samaria because you could not, as a Jew, you did not want the dust of the Samaritan dirt on your sandals. It's how I feel about Athens. But anyways, that's a whole nother ball game. You can tell it any way you want. But anyways, so you walk, I'm sorry, Brandon. But anyway, so you walk all the way around it. But so this guy's gonna be the hero of the story. Look at what happened. This despised Samaritan, when he saw the man, here's the word of the day, he felt what for him? What's it say? Amen. Going over to him, he soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine. He bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, which was two days' wages. And he said, take care of this man. If the bill runs higher, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus says something to this guy. And here's the problem with the day. He says it to the guy, but he says it to us. Now go and do likewise. Ladies and gentlemen, this story is not put in Scripture for you to know here. It's put in Scripture for you to know here. Because every day you walk by divine appointments. Every day you and I have to ask ourselves some questions or we will become the priest and Levite. And that's what we're going to talk about. Would you pray with me? Right where you are this morning, would you just ask the Lord to speak to you? Would you? And then would you tell him when you speak, I'll listen. God, may this story be the story that captures our hearts. And may we put ourselves in the hearers of the day. And God, may we understand we've got to do something with what you said. And that is our prayer. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. before you're seated, turn around and find two or three people around you. Introduce yourself to them, would you? And you can be seated.
I love this story. I love this story because we have told it so many times because it's so easy to forget. Through the 25 years of North Star, probably more than any other passage we've read it. Why do we keep reading it? Because we need to keep remembering it. That's all we need to keep reading it. So a little self-confession. As I get older, all right, I don't get nicer. Have y'all noticed that? So as you get older, how many of y'all have found as you get older, you get a little more cynical? Raise your hand. You'll look at things and it's like, I, I would have never listened to that kind of music or I would have never gone to do whatever, you know? And that's just what we do as we get older. Jesus wanted these guys to get this story because let me tell you, everybody look at me, they thought they knew all the right things. See, they were book educated. The people that he was intending this story for weren't people who had soft hearts. They were people who had gotten hard hearts. Mike, how does a person's heart get hard? One day forgetting. That's how your heart gets hard. One day. So we wrestle with this because this story means it's not about who comes here on Sundays. See, when you arrive here on campus on Sundays, everybody's nice. Everybody's waving at you. Hey, glad you're here. And we really are. They're all glad you're here. Now, some of you wave at people on the way out, and you're not nice. But anyways, so you're trying to get out of the parking lot. You're trying to inch your way out. But when you get here, listen, this is within these four walls, safe, easy. Home turf. If this joker had been laying on the temple steps, these guys would have done what was right. The problem was he wasn't on the temple steps. They were playing an away game off their home turf, and they didn't end up doing well. And it's easy to look at the priest and Levite and go, well, I would never do that, but we do it too. We get busy. We get packed full. Here's one thing. So we're all in very different professions. We've got college students. We've got people in all walks of life in this room. Here's one thing I promise you, you all are. You are all busy people. I never run into people who go, I just have so much time on my calendar. I don't know what to do with it. I just, I'm looking, you got anything for me to do? No, we're all busy, right? There's no margin. There's no space. But we get this story and I got to do something with this story. Sometimes some weeks are for a certain group. This is for everybody. Three questions we've got to ask ourselves. Ready? Question number one. Am I willing to change my schedule for outsiders? Or we could say it a little more uh, pointed. Are they more important than my calendar? I am sure the priest and Levite, if we could have done a post game with these guys, they may have given a very good reason for where they were going. All we know is they saw him with these eyes, but they never saw him with these eyes. In fact, wherever they were going, whatever they may, and we don't know, we do not know where they were going. We just know it must have been really important because they walked right by this guy. We've already established they knew what to do. We've already established they were trained, they were prepared, they were, man, they grew up understanding the Old Testament, the first five books. They knew what to do. They didn't do it. 
we've got to ask ourselves the question, am I willing to change my schedule for outsiders? Now, I want you to write down two things. Ready? Planned, unplanned. I want you to write down planned first, then unplanned. Planned means there are times we carve in our schedule. I'm planning to remind myself it's not about me. Ken and Lisa, planned. Ken's a course teacher at a local elementary school. Many of you, your children have had him for course. Um, it took him taking a week. It took Lisa taking a week off. They planned it. They planned a time to go somewhere to do something for God to use them. It took planning. All right? That's why we schedule mission trips. We, we go all over the, literally all over the world, and we plan that week. Then there are those unplanned. That's when we live here, but we're not in here. We're out there. We're in the neighborhood. We're at the bus stop. We are at the school. We're at our work. We're at a PTA meeting or whatever. There are those unplanned. And then we have to ask ourselves this question, Am I willing to change my schedule for outsiders? Yes or no? Was the Samaritan headed somewhere too? Yeah, he was. He just changed the schedule. In fact, it cost him more because he picked this joker up, puts him on his donkey, carries him down to the inn, pays for his stay, preps him with medicine that he needed, and said, if he racks up any more charges, just put them on my account. He was not only willing to change his schedule, he was willing to go the extra mile. And let me tell you, they didn't like the Samaritan was the hero of the story. It really got in their business. They didn't like it. They wanted a Jew to be the hero of the story, not a Samaritan. But I got to ask myself the question, am I willing to change my schedule? We all have a decision to make every day. And the decision is, am I more important than people or are people more important than me? I got to ask myself that question. Principle number two, am I willing to meet people on their turf? <clears throat> For 25 years, North Star has been about putting on our away jerseys and going to serve. That's what it's been about. 25 years. We've had people just like you that said, I'm going to go serve at a local high school. I'm going to go serve uh, overseas. We've got community and we've got global. But what it was all about was I'm going to serve. And it, and it all started, I'll tell you this, it all started years ago. We started going to local high schools and serving at concession stands on Friday nights. And you're like, really? That's serving? All right, how many of you have ever had a child that was on the ball field cheering in the band and you didn't get to see the game because you were having to work the concession stand while your kid played because there's nobody else to work? How many of y'all, that's been true of you before, all right? When you show up, when a group of people say, listen, I can flip a hot dog or I can flip a burger. You wouldn't flip a hot dog. But anyway, so you can turn a hot dog over. I can flip a burger. It's a blessing to somebody. But the key is that you were willing to go where they were. You didn't wait for them to come to you. Wednesday, I'm going to have a group of principals Megan talked about in my office, in our boardroom. 
They're all going to eat. Or they're going to catch up with each other. And at the end of it, I'm going to say, is there anything we can pray for you for? Or is there any way we can serve you? And at the end of that, they're going to say, here's a way you can serve. Here's the question. Have we forgotten what it was like to put on away jerseys and we can't meet the needs? Or do we remember what it was like to put on away jerseys and we go meet the needs? Does that make sense to everybody? I, I dread the day. The day comes, somebody said, you could come do this. And I go, man, we don't have enough people because we're all about people coming to our home turf. We like people coming to North Star, which we do. So, Mike, what happens if we go out and serve and people end up going to another church? We're totally fine with that. Because it's not about us, it's about the kingdom, right? Look at the way. Then a despised Samaritan came along and he saw the man, he felt compassion. And I love this part of the passage, going over to him. Listen, this guy, you don't know the robbers aren't still in the woods. But this guy goes, I care enough about him. I'm going to leave what's comfortable for me, and I'm going to go over to him. Was he as educated? No way. Was he as religious? There's no way. Now, he may have worshipped other gods, but not the one true God. But yet, he knew what to do. He did the right thing. He went over to him. He put on his weight jersey. He got off the home field, and he went over and said, I am here for you. Maybe God sent me for you. Maybe the whole reason I'm beside you is because you needed me. He cared. Number three. Am I willing to give people what they need, not what they deserve? <clears throat> you know what's easy to do when you read this story? It's like, well, he probably shouldn't have been walking down that road, knucklehead. I mean, that's not a safe road to be walking down. Why was he walking down that road? I bet he was up to no good. Those are probably his buddies that robbed him. You know what's easy to do when you sit in church? Everybody look at me. Is judge everybody who ain't in church. About why they're not in church. Not knowing their story. Not knowing their stuff. We put our home jerseys on and go, well, everybody outside us is the enemy. All the good people are in here. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. The day you met Jesus... Just keep the away jersey on. Because it's not about just who's here. It's about who's not here. Why did Jesus tell the story? Because people got so religiously smart, they forgot to have a heart. They forgot what it was like not to know. I'm 53. I came to know Christ when I was 14. I've spent longer with Jesus than I spent without Jesus. And you know what happens as I get older? I can forget about people lying on the side of the road and I can just walk right by them. Jesus told the story because every day we walk by those people. I'm not talking about on the side of the road. I'm talking about in your office. I'm talking about in your locker room. I'm talking about in your classroom, teachers. Coaches on your team. 
And we get so caught up in what we're doing, we miss the one he sent our way to have compassion on. Because I got somewhere to be, man. I got something to do. I'm going somewhere, man. My calendar is full. Sometimes it's so full of me, it ain't full of others. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we carve out times for these things to happen. And sometimes God creates intersections in his divine story. Everybody look at me. That you and somebody else end up at the intersection at just the same time and they need something from you. The question is, do you meet it? Do you see it? I'll tell you a little story. So my grandparents were Wayne and Edna Johnson. Lived in a little town called Sonoy. Went to a church in Harrelson. Harrelson Baptist Church. Granny and granddaddy didn't have much. Whatever they had wasn't for them. Their little church got a bivocational pastor. So I'm, I'm blessed. This is my job. This is what I do. I don't have to do another job to make ends meet. Back in that day, people didn't work for a church full-time. Well, this bivocational pastor would leave Atlanta, Georgia, and drive to Harrelson, Georgia every Sunday and speak and preach at that little Baptist church and meet people's needs and marry them and bury them and do all the stuff that pastor does full-time. He just happened to do part-time. His full-time job was the vice president, president of Georgia State University. His name was Dr. Bill Suttles. Dr. Suttles was an institution in Atlanta. But he was an institution down at that little church too. He was there for 50 years at Georgia State and 50 years at Harrelson Baptist Church. My grandparents, every Sunday, would have Dr. Bill, Miss Lynette, his precious wife, over for Sunday lunch. They'd let them sleep, take a nap before they'd begin that drive. It was a long drive back then from Harrelson to downtown Atlanta. And they'd drive back to Atlanta with some fresh stuff from the garden. We, my children and I, I was raised, I honestly thought the Suttles, Bill and Lynette were part of my family. I honestly didn't understand they weren't like cousins or they were just at every dinner we had and every Christmas thing we had, Dr. Bill and Miss Lynette were there. And I always knew they never had kids. I knew that they just never had kids. Dr. Bill passed a few years ago. Miss Lynette had been a elementary teacher in Hapeville, Georgia for 30 plus years, a little elementary school in Hapeville. I knew that. I didn't know the whole story though. A few years ago, I got a call that Miss Lynette, Dr. Bill had gone and Miss Lynette had been put in Southwest Hospice down in Union City for from that side of town and I was like, I got to go see her. I mean, I've grown up with Lynette Suttles as part of, I mean, she is just the genteel, wonderful woman. I drove to Union City for her. I didn't know I was going to leave for me. 
I walked in her little room there and she was sitting up in that bed just bright eyed I said Miss Suttles it's so good to see you and we talked and she said I'll never forget I didn't tell the last service that she said boy I bet you Mike that Bill and your grandma and grandpa and your family sure are waiting on us up there I said oh I bet they are she said I want to tell you a story she said Dr. Bill and I were never able to have our own children and I was not happy about it she said I remember Bill coming home from work one day and walking me out to the little lake in that little neighborhood they lived in for almost 50 years and he said Lynette God hadn't blessed us with children but I think maybe the reason was every year you were going to have 25 or 30 and I was going to have some at Georgia State that he sent our way and what he would have wanted us to do for our children he wants us to do for his children and she said Mike that day I left that lake and never looked at children the same way again she said I walked back in my classroom and she taught third or fourth grade and there's a little boy that fall that his mom passed away. She said, I took a special interest in him. And she said, he came up to me and he said, Miss Lynette, would you come and come to my mom's funeral and sit with me and my dad? We don't have much family here. She said, I'd be honored. And She said, I sat there that day and held his little hand. She said, that young man, we kept up with him and Bill and I, and he grew up and graduated from high school. And she said, I still remember how proud I was when I got that little card in the mail. And it said, Miss Lynette and Dr. Bill, it'd be my honor if you'd sit with my family at my graduation from high school. And she said, oh, we sat there. We were so proud of him. Said he went on to college. And I remember when I got the card, would you come and sit with my family at my graduation? And she said, we were so honored. And she said, Mike, I always thought, Lord, you sent me for him. She said, a few years ago when my precious, precious Bill passed, she said, I was standing at the gravesite, just looking and I felt these big old arms come around me. And he said, Miss Settles, you were there for me on my worst day. I wanted to be here for you on your worst day. She said, Mike, those were some strong arms. She said, when you leave here today, he's coming to see me. divine appointments you pass them every day where you're going is important but people are more aren't they don't walk by don't get so busy oh I'm headed to my small group oh I'm headed to this event I'm sorry somebody else will stop 
maybe the whole reason you came by wasn't for them. It was for you. Would you pray with me? Father, I remember sitting in my car in Union City. I remember feeling that tap on my shoulder. And it was from you going, I didn't send you down here for her. I sent her here for you because she's about to come home to meet me. Mike, don't ever get too busy. You don't have time for people. Or you'll become the priest and you'll become the Levite and you'll miss what I left you there to do. Father, you left this church in this community not to just gather on Sundays and worship, which is, yeah, we're here and we're gonna do it. God, you left us here, the church, not the building, the people, because you are gonna intersect our lives with people who don't know the story like we know it. And we get to be your hands and we get to be your feet and we get to show the love of Jesus. God, may I never take my away jersey off. And may I never forget why you left me here. God, we give you today. And we give you us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.